Live from the Heartland Mama studio, this is the Heartland Mama's podcast. I am your host, Heidi Henry. As of today, we have 353 days to save the USA. This is your time to go out and do something positive to make sure we have plenty of candidates to choose from up and down the ticket by going to every Democratic office in your area, call them, email them, whatever you need to do, message them on social media and say, how can I help petition? And petition season is the easy season. People want to talk to you and they're happy to sign your petitions. So get out there and get active and do your part to save democracy. It is so important. Yesterday, we talked about finding common ground with people that you think are knuckle draggers and mouth breathers, and they're neither. I realize that we have some dangerous people out there and some very difficult people to deal with over the holiday season, but we have to think about this as being part of the Renaissance engineering crew. We have to find a way to build that bridge, to make a difference, and to open those locked doors. We have to do the heavy lifting because they're not going to do it. They're all mixed up and set in stone. And they're not going to move unless we come in, offer a hand, and offer to help bring them out of where they're at. Don't tell them that, but just open the conversation. And some of the things I like to talk about is, talk to you about today is, number one, they're not knuckle-dragging mouth breathers. They are people who are scared. They're really scared. And sometimes scared people do really obnoxious things. They yell, they scream, they protest, they break into the Capitol. Some of those people you're not going to be able to reach. But I want you to think about that Uncle Biff of yours that's sitting at the Thanksgiving table. And every time he talks about pornography being available at the local library, which it isn't, um, I want you to point out to him that every kid in the world has a cell phone now. And in that cell phone is far more information than is in the public library. And the public library does a great job of making sure that there's lots of materials out there for people to borrow and read and look at, and that the librarians are really not the person a kid with a question like that is going to go and ask, hey, I think I'm gay, strange person I've never seen before. Can you help me with this? No, no kid in their right mind is ever going to do that because they're shy and they're scared and they're freaked out. And the last thing they want to do is draw attention to themselves. So they're going to pick up their phone or open the computer or their laptop or their tablet, and they're going to just Google it. And that's how it's going to turn out. And fighting librarians, the bookworms, I mean, can you imagine harassing a librarian for God's sake? Their job is about shelving books and finding great inventory and trying to draw people in. For the last two decades, we have been remarking over and over again about the decline in the use of the, the public library system and how to bring people in. And we offer craft hours and coffee hours and book clubs and all kinds of things, kite building workshops, all kinds of stuff that we do to get people in the library because they're not using the libraries like they used to, because your library is right in the palm of your hand and your cell phone. So stop harassing librarians, for God's sake. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they have a lot of job security as is. I mean, they're doing a much better job of becoming, um, you know, up to date with technology and moving things forward. But 
really, most kids are just going to pick up their cell phone and Google it. I mean, that's, you know, thinking that there's pornography in the library. I always ask people, oh my gosh, did you see it? Or did you just hear about it? And that gives them pause. I, I always tell them, I don't, I don't believe it until I see it with my own eyes. And one person's pornography is just another person's information. And my daughter's studying to be a chiropractor right now. She works with dead co- naked cadavers all day. I mean, you know, if, if all of that anatomy stuff is out there, uh, you can get it in any medical journal. And is it pornographic? No, it's science. That's all it is. And we have to understand that Uncle Biff is just scared. You know, his tribe has taught him to be afraid of everything. If he doesn't understand it, and you know for sure he's not going to do the research, um, he's ter- terrified. He's terrified because things look different and feel different than they did to him when he was a kid, right? So reaching out and saying, you know what, um, do you remember uh, Mrs. Smith? She was our fourth grade teacher at, at Washington Elementary. And do you remember that time that she had us do uh, this or that project? You know, uh, do you remember those songs we sang at the at the school um, social? Do you remember the, um, the, the, that year we did the Christmas songs, remember? And they, we had the, the little battery operated candles and it was so beautiful. Do you remember those things? And try to find a common ground, a happy memory to help Biff unlock some of his brain that's all locked up and set in cement. So I, when I have to deal with very difficult people, I always try to find a way to open the door to bring out that conversation. And the other day I was out petitioning and I ran into uh, an elderly man that was struggling to get up and down. Uh, And I just wanted to introduce myself to him. And he flew off the handle about something that had was so out of left field, something I'd never heard of anybody, not one person, all the thousands of doors I've knocked, not, not one person has ever brought this up to me. And I stood there a little dumbfounded. And I said, uh, you know, there's some easier ways to do what you're doing. Have you ever heard of those rake claws where you just put them on your hands and you just rake up the leaves and put them in the bags? And he just looked at me and it was so different than what he was expecting me to say. He just sat there and thought about that. And he goes, where do you find those? And I said, well, Home Depot's right up the road here. Why don't you go get some? And I said, I think it would be worth it. It certainly save your knees and your back. So we changed the conversation from uh, what he wanted to talk about, which I won't go into now, to uh, how to help him pick up his leaves when, you're, you know, obviously he was struggling with his his physical body to do that job. So I think just finding things where we have some common interest. I mean, I have some of those rakey claw things to pick up leaves. I used them today and he should have some too. I thought about dropping them off up here. <laughs> I'm done with mine for the year. I think I'm done raking leaves. Um, And I have a lot of trees out here on the farm. So, and sometimes they're still going to want to argue. And I always ask them, you know, we all went to public schools. Um, What was your favorite thing to do at school? And a lot of times they'll, they'll do something flip like, oh, I love to ditch school. Well, that's not really true, you know, but maybe it was. Um, I, and I, the other thing I ask them is, what did you do for fun? Were there anything, things that you did that you knew your parents wouldn't approve of and you did them anyway, go skinny dipping or, you know, I used to sneak into Chicago and go watch live music because concerts were my jam. And I love to go to Chicago to, to, to see music. Um, 
I saw all the great bands, you know, <laughs> in my day. Um, I was very safe about it. You know, I, I was very careful about it, but, um, and Chicago was, you know, it, it was like a Mecca for me. It was just amazing. So I was fascinated by the lake and the high rises and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, we talk about the things that we did. I, I hung out with the guys that had race cars and they liked to spin their tire, tires and make a lot of smoke. And I'm sure their parents wouldn't have been too pleased about that, right? So you need to find out what did they do for mischief? What did they do when they wanted to, you know, get in trouble a little bit and uh, and just kind of make it light and fun but open that door for them. Because once you open that door a little bit, they might walk through and talk about something else and, and maybe open a door, open their mind a little bit. And I'm not talking about people who are extremists. I'm just talking about people you're related to or you're friends with that you just need to have a conversation with. You need to, to, to start building that bridge. And um, as I say, if we can't build a bridge to reach across the dining room table at Thanksgiving or Christmas, we are never going to build a bridge across the aisle in Springfield or, or Washington. We're never going to get stuff done. We're going to be stuck in this horrible place with no future. So here's us, Renaissance engineers. We are the bridge builders. We are going to do the heavy lifting because they are not going to want to do it. And we're going to do a really great job with it because we have 353 days to get this done, to maybe open their minds a little bit so that they can explore some different options for our future. Because so we all are thinking about the same things. We're all thinking about taxes and safety and crime and education and libraries, different points of view, but we're all thinking about it. You know, the price of gasoline, inflation, all of those things are common things that we all need to talk about. We all need to discuss them because when we stop discussing, the very wealthy people that pull all the strings just kind of drive inflation up and put all of the rest of us uh, in in very difficult positions. So I just want you to give that some food food for thought and think about it as a science experiment. Let's see what happens if I just say this and I don't lose my cool and I don't shout. And when they get really out of control, go, you know what? I got to go use the bathroom or, ooh, I got to go home and do farm chores. It's my favorite. (laughs) Whenever anything gets a little dicey at the neighbor's house, I have to go home and do farm chores. I don't want to argue with them. They're my neighbors and I love them. We just don't always see eye to eye on everything. Some of my neighbors, I do. Some of my neighbors, I don't. Some of them just do their own thing. But I love them equally and I would do anything for them any anytime they need anything. But let's work on common goals. Let's try that experiment. That's your assignment. Okay, so from the edge of the Great Red Divide, this is Heidi Henry, and this has been the Heartland Mamas podcast. I hope you're having a great day. Bye bye.